Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody, and welcome to the MIB podcast where we talk all things motherhood, mindset, marketing, and mayhem. Let's be fair. So, before we get started, I just want to say a massive thank you to our sponsor, The Business Box UK. If you are a female in business and you're looking for a monthly subscription to your door, then you need to get the business box because it is just legendary. Anyway, so we are getting straight into today's episode. We are joined by a very special guest. This lady has been part of the community for a long time, it feels. Stacey, correct me if I'm wrong, and has an incredible story and is working to support women all over the world. Stacey, please do tell everybody what you're up to. Hi, Leona. Thank you for having me. And yes, I've been with the community since you started it. So yes, I've been around for a while now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Can you believe it? It's wild. I know. It's amazing. And I just love watching the community grow. I do love the community. Um, so yeah, what I'm doing is I'm trying to raise awareness of endometriosis, which is a a horrible disease that um, so many women suffer, suffer with, um, myself included, um, and mean, not many people know about it. No, they don't, absolutely. Why do you think that is? <sighs> I don't want to be attacked, but I think it's because it's something women suffer with. <laughs> no, um, I absolutely agree, and nobody's going to attack you here, right, because, you know, we are we are mid. Well, so, yeah, I'm not worried about Mibs, I'm worried about other people. But <laughs> It's true, it is true, and I think we come, we come way down the pile. So let's talk about what endometriosis sufferers have to deal with on a monthly, weekly, daily basis. Okay, yeah, so it's it can be very different from person to person, but if I tell you basically what I've been going through, um, it's very similar, I guess. Um, for the others so um, I started suffering with endometriosis when I was 13 and I had daily chronic pain um, and my periods were unbearable I could barely walk um, from the pain um, they're extremely heavy and as well as the pain you get overwhelming fatigue you get brain fog you get um anxiety depression because obviously if you're in pain and exhausted every minute of every day that takes a huge toll on your mental health as well so fertility problems are one of them I had horrific fertility problems I do now have two children but that was a long difficult road for me so there's you can have fertility issues chronic pain chronic fatigue um anxiety depression like the list is endless really um and it's it's constant for me. It's every day. Um, some people only have it around their periods. That's why a lot of people think it's a period problem, but it's really not because a lot of us have it as a daily problem. So they're kind of the sort of symptoms that we have on the daily on daily basis. I couldn't agree more. And actually, I thought for a long time it was just me, but like the pain in my back, the pain in my hips, the pain in my, I, I swear I could put my finger on where my ovaries were. Well, I still are. <laughs> I, I, I have, I still to this day have really bad brain fog. I slur. So people often think I'm drunk and I'm not drunk. I just really struggle to articulate words sometimes because it's almost like it affects my speech. And genuinely people look at me like I've got two heads but I really don't I'm just struggling to 
articulate what it is that I'm trying to say. Um, and I, I've met so many women that all struggle in very similar ways, you know, with things like migraines and all kinds of horrific things. And, and we are not having these conversations enough. So too many people are struggling behind the scenes. Oh, yeah, I 100% agree with that. Um, because it's seen as a taboo subject, a lot of people are suffering in silence. And that's why I'm trying to raise my voice everywhere I can to let people know that it shouldn't be taboo. You know, there's so many people going through it. And even if they're not, like, they still need to be aware of it. So suffering in silence is, like, I did it for too many years. And now I refuse to not talk about these things. As, as many people I can tell about it, to learn there may be girls out there that are suffering in silence that can get help sooner if you know if they hear us <laughs> I don't want... so, so what help is there because when I so obviously I don't live in the UK anymore but when I was in the UK I was into the gynecologist well I was on the waiting list to see gynae for probably four years before I got a scan and then I had a scan and they said uh, there's nothing wrong like we cannot see anything and I was like well I'm telling you something is not right because even when I first started my periods they were always very heavy I had three days off from school it was just dreadful and they just became worse and worse and worse and like I would get them more regularly and then I went on the injection and then I would still get horrendous pains I'd have no periods but I just get horrendous pain and all of the fun stuff that comes along and then I saw um, another doctor and she was like, well, actually, if you've got endometriosis, a lot of the time it's not, you don't pick it up on a scan. So it's a laparoscopy and there's a massive long waiting list for that. Anyway, nobody ever did anything of going back and forth, back and forth. It was more like, okay, so you're overweight, let's put you on a diet. I'm just like, what? Like, hello? Hello, lady. Somebody give me some answers. Um, and it was only when I actually fell poorly with my back that I took myself for a scan at the gynecologist in Mexico. Now, full disclosure, I paid to go private. I actually paid the equivalent of £29, which is ridiculous, to have uh, an external and internal scan. And it, on the internal scan, they picked up endometriosis straight away. And actually, they told me that they couldn't even find my ovaries, which was wild. But I definitely have ovaries because I fell pregnant <laughs> so they're definitely hiding in there somewhere but it just goes to show that actually the help that's out there is not great yeah unfortunately I have to agree with you there because it took me 20 years to be diagnosed um and I had all the same problems I call it like the NHS merry-go-round so every time I got really bad I would go in and try and get some help being fobbed off you know it's just a period so you start to believe that as well which is really dangerous um you think maybe you've got like low pain low pain tolerance that sort of thing so you start to think oh maybe I won't go back to the doctor because you're getting gaslit every time you go then you'll get really bad again and you'll go back and you'll have the same thing over and over again I literally lost count how many ultrasound scans I was given and it's very rare that it's picked up on those and it was just over and over again until as I got older and my husband became more involved because I wasn't being listened to he would come to my appointments with me and it shouldn't have come to this but that's when we started making a little bit more progress because he's a lot more forceful than me and you know a man so <laughs> they started listening to him 
and eventually um, I was sent for a laparoscopy but this is many years down the line of going through so many scans and painkillers and you know I pills you know all that sort of thing contraceptives um, and in my first laparoscopy they still didn't even find it unfortunately um, because it wasn't done by a specialist it was just done by a gynecologist and he didn't find it and then he was very cocky and told me he had cured me because he had removed some scar tissue and then he left before I could ask any questions about where the scar tissue had come from or anything like that then I had to fight for two more years um, to have another um, laparoscopy and that's when they found my endometriosis but the person that found it also told me it shouldn't bother me because it's a tiny amount, doesn't really matter, and then left. But I know it doesn't matter if you have like a microscopic amount or, you have, or you're riddled with it, it doesn't correlate to the pain level. So even if you have a small amount of endometriosis, it can literally ruin your life. Um, so for them to say that to people is just not right. So I think even in the medical field, there needs to be more knowledge and more help because there's also not a clear path. So even after being diagnosed, I was kind of left to my own devices, which isn't okay. Like you've been told you have a disease that's incurable and then they just leave you to your own devices. So I think the UK definitely needs to up their care and treatment and diagnosis kind of path for ladies. Because even, as you say, if you've gone for help, and they keep palming you off it's not easy but what I would say is to advocate for yourself you know your own body you know something's not right don't let them push you away don't let them tell you it's nothing just keep pushing and I know it's really hard but if you have someone like my husband for example if you have someone you can take with you a parent a best friend um, I've taken my best friend to appointments before I've taken my husband so when you're too weak to fight for yourself because you're exhausted you're in pain they can take you know take the next shift as it were and step up and speak for you Stacey that's just awful <laughs> yeah actually, that's just awful but unfortunately something that so many women are dealing with on a daily basis so we need to have somebody that is going to fight for us when we're exhausted yeah where can yeah. we find that if we don't have that at home um, I know there are some services that I'm looking into at the moment because I've got um, a large community of sufferers that I'm trying to help. Um, and some of, I've said to them, if you can take someone with you, take them with you. And obviously some of them like single women living at home um, and they, um, you know, maybe their parents aren't around. So I, I've said I've, I'm going to start looking into services because you can apparently that I've heard recently hire a health advocate that you can take with you it's like I guess being in a union like when you're at work and then you can have one of their representatives come with you well, there's really, a health equivalent which I'm looking into really that's amazing yeah hopefully um I can then introduce them to my group of ladies and then they can get some help where they need it I would happily go with all of them but there's too many <laughs> and they're all they're all over the UK I'd be non-stop traveling <laughs> you would but I think you'd be in demand so let's talk about how you got to the point in your life where you set up this community and are doing all of the things that you're doing right now. What what does that look like up to this point? Okay, so about six years ago, 
I was like, oh, I could really do with talking with people like me that are going through the same things as me. So I looked for, you know, a Facebook group. That's the first thing that I thought of. And there's a lot of American groups. So I joined some of them. But also at this point, I hadn't been diagnosed either. And a lot of the groups were saying you could only enter if you had like a diagnosis. And I hadn't had one. So I was like, oh, a lot of them wouldn't accept me. And then the ones that did accept me, obviously the American health system is so different to ours. A lot of it wasn't relatable (laughs) because they obviously have their private health care and it's a little bit different. So as as nice as they were and as helpful as they were, I needed to find a really good UK group. And I couldn't find one at the time. I know there's loads now. Um, So I just thought I might just start my own. and that's how that started, really. And it's it's grown like wildfire, which makes me sad, actually, because that many women need us. It makes me sad that they need us, but I am happy that they find us. Um, and the bigger the group got, I realised that there's so little known about it that I need to start using my voice to help the people in my group because it breaks my heart every time I read one of their stories or see how they're struggling, like it's heartbreaking every time so I'm like right I need to start helping these people and now that my health is probably the best it's been in a long time because I had um three back-to-back surgeries and I had my ovaries and tubes removed I'm doing a lot better now so I can actually use some of my new energy to do something for those that are still really struggling so I decided that I was going to start you know trying to raise awareness where I can like writing blog posts or we do sometimes little YouTube videos to raise awareness together or um that sort of thing just trying to talk about it as much as I possibly can (laughs) to try and raise awareness everywhere I can to try and make a difference but being one person and a small voice for a while it wasn't having much effect so I started to do things in a bigger way recently um I released a book with other women's stories in it I've tried going on like radio stations. I've contacted news outlets um, and some of them have got back to me and some of them haven't. So I'm just going to keep pushing um, so I can try and get more, <coughs> sorry, more out there as possible and be as loud as possible just to help others. Oh my goodness. I absolutely love this. I mean, I hate it and I love it all at the same time. I love that you're taking the initiative to make lots of noise on behalf of these women because I mean first of all it can be really lonely second of all being that poorly consistently is exhausting on so many levels and the fact is that you're being an advocate for them and women need that they need somebody to stand up and speak for them sometimes so I am so incredibly proud of you how can people listening to this help so um, if they want um, help from me, I've got a group on Facebook. It's just called Endometriosis Support UK with like a little yellow heart on the end. And I'm in there and I've got an incredible group of admin. My really good friend, Stevie, bless her. She's recovering from surgery right now. Um, and she's there helping. And I've got Paula as well. So all three of us are just trying to support as many women as we can. Um, so that's where you find us in that group. Absolutely. How can we best support you, Stacey? Just spreading the word. Like if you see me posting about endometriosis or anything like that, just sharing it, sharing the word. And like if you don't know enough about it or you want to learn about it, I'm happy to have those conversations. Um, You can just drop me a message and say, look, I 
I'm not sure about endometriosis. I'd love to know more. I'm happy to talk to anyone about it to get them to know more. But if you see any of my posts or anything like that, share them. Te like, do what I'm doing. Just share it around. Tell as many people as you can. And hopefully we can change the world for our daughters. Because I have an eight-year-old and I worry that she will get it. And that if she comes into a world the way I did in that medical field, I don't want her to suffer the way I have. I want to make real change before she's, you know, before she's a teenager. Absolutely love that. Stacey, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can we find you on social media? Okay, so I'm Stacey Brown um, on my main profile, but I have a business called Lucky Penny Creations, and that's where I also share a bunch of my endometriosis stuff. So I'm on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all Lucky Penny Creations. Thank you so much for joining us today. Stacey, Thank care. you for having me. Have an amazing one, my darling. Bye-bye.